Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Um, This week we watched Whiplash, which came out in 2014. Um, Colton picked this one, so do you want to tell us what it's about and why you picked it? Uh, Sure. Um, I'll just go with the quick, short IMDb synopsis just to... Get the quick bits out of the way. So a promising young drummer enrolls uh, at a cutthroat music conservatory where his dreams of greatness are mentored by an instructor who will stop at nothing to realize a student's potential. Um, I picked this one for a couple reasons. Um, a lot of the... This is one that like comes up a lot in... Uh, I don't know, different like best of lists or like critique lists or... Like there's, uh, there's a couple of like, there's a couple of different like entertainment like publishers that have like video series like, uh, professional drummer reacts to top five oh, drumming uh, yeah. scenes okay. from movies that kind of stuff. Yeah, and this kind of comes up in some of them. Um, plus there's memes and stuff that come from this movie. So had you seen this before? No. Oh, I hadn't. I hadn't, but I knew. Without seeing it, I knew the movie anyway, just from those kinds of movie or videos and things. Of course, you did. <laughs> but it's not that doesn't take away from it at all. Um, no, but you are totally that person that's like, oh, I haven't seen it, but I know it's about this, this, and this, and I know yeah. who's in it. <laughs> it's funny, like there's, there's, not that it really means much, but there's this like thing that i have that happens sometimes i'm sure it happens with a lot of people but you see something so much that you don't even like you see i'll use an, an example a per a, an example that always sticks in my head is the movie fool's gold it's got matthew mcconaughey and kate hudson and i've never seen it oh my god they're in another movie together i'm i'm pretty sure it's the two of them i um, only know them from i lose a guy in 10 days yeah um but when that movie was coming out, um, I remember the the poster for it a lot. I remember seeing the poster for it everywhere, and I don't I don't really remember any of the trailers or anything. But just that the poster really stuck in my head. So there was a time when I don't know if Brittany was watching a movie or something. Or a movie, a movie was on somewhere, and I saw Matthew McConaughey on a boat. And <laughs> I know boat. he's been on boats in other movies, but just based on how he looked, like the post production of the movie and everything, I knew it was this movie. I knew it was Fool's Gold for whatever reason. Okay. Like, and it's just it's kind of one of those things where like you see. You see enough of something that you can stitch together the pieces. Obviously, that's not like a... I didn't necessarily know everything, a lot about that particular movie. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, you see the memes. A lot of are like you see different bit, uh, bits from different parts and you can kind of stitch it all together. I have never seen a meme for this movie, nor have I heard of it, if I'm being honest. Huh? When, you, when you said Whiplash, like just... When mm-hmm. you picked that, I was like, meh, whatever. Right. Like, I was, when I, when I sat down to watch it, I was like, oh, shit, Miles Teller's in this movie. Mm-hmm. And Melissa Benoist, mm-hmm. who I know from Glee, but who was also in Supergirl. Mm-hmm. 
But anyways, point being, I can't believe I didn't hear, hear of it because kind of big names. Yeah, and I think, I don't know for certain, but I think it did, when it was when it came out, I think it did well. Um, I mean, it says that it received multiple, it's, it won an Academy Award for Best Film Editing and Best Sound Mixing. Yeah, I knew I knew it was an award season's movie, I think. I think that's part of it. Yeah. But, I mean, the... Well, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, I had not, I didn't, I looked at his filmography after the movie, and I probably sound stupid saying that I didn't know who it was, because it seems like he has a very extensive yep, filmography. Yep. He's uh, in Spider-Man. I which... was just going to say, he's in, he's um J. Jonah Jameson, yep. and that's the only thing I knew him from. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I, I didn't actually look at it that in depth, so maybe there's something else, but I was like, I've seen him before. So, I mean, he's, yeah. uh, I, I know he was in, he's been in the Tom Holland ones, but he's yeah. J. Jonah Jameson in the ones that we have on our wheel. Oh, in the, the Tobey Maguire, Maguire ones. ones. Yep, he, oh yep. my gosh. Yep. I was going to say, he's not in the Amazing Spider-Man because I watched those. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, that's where he first had the part. Oh, and, that's cool. Like, that's why like people were excited for him being there in the new ones because yeah. like for a lot of people, he is, excuse me, he is that character. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, there's a, um, like him, obviously Miles Teller, the guy that plays, uh, his dad. He's in. He's been when more like pop culture stuff lately because obviously he's in Stranger Things. Yes, but he's in uh, the Boys on Amazon. He's oh, um, which is you. I I'm sure you haven't seen, but it's that's a popular one. That's I know what it is because I saw that Jeffrey Dean Morgan just joined the cast for the next season. Oh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, or that particular show is if if we if shows were ever put into this mix, which I think it'd be it'd be too difficult to do um, without just doing individual episodes. That would be like on the top of my I've seen it, obviously, but it's Brittany and I watch it. It's 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 good. Oh, it's like one of your favorite shows. Yep. yep. Ah, that I've only seen one scene from it and it was a weird scene. So yeah, it's, I just I'm not. It, it's like superheroes, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like it's a it's a satire on the whole superhero thing. Oh. So it's like everything is. It's kind of like if superheroes were real, and not only if they were real, if they were actually like like real people. So like the bulk of them are like egotistical maniacs, basically. Oh, okay, okay. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Yep. So. You explained why you picked it. Um, should we get should we get right into the plot, or do you want to say anything else about? Uh, we can we can just jump right in. Okay. One thing I'm gonna uh, I'll say right off the bat um, that I didn't realize um, was that this is a Blumhouse movie. Yeah, and don't they do the horror movies? Yeah, yeah, that's like their that's their thing. But obviously, it's not exclusively that. But I I can't off the top of my head think of anything other than horror movies that they've done recently mm-hmm. but that could just me <clears throat> be me not um paying attention uh some of the time because obviously it's their again it since it's their thing when you go to a horror movie they're like just recently Halloween ends there that's a blo- all the new the new Halloween like reboots yeah. are all I saw their logo and immediately was like oh no <laughs> is this going to be scary yeah 
But I guess it is a psychological thriller, so it kind of makes sense. Basically, like... Yeah, I'm just scrolling through their thing quick, and yeah, it's pretty much what they all are. I mean, they're not all horror movies, but definitely the... So, their their thing is, like, low-budget, like, and low-budget doesn't mean bad. It just... It it just means exactly what it means, right? Just, like a movie like this, like just watching it, you know, it didn't. There's no way it cost a lot to make it. No, because like the amount of places they go is minimal. The amount, you know, and it's not like the camera shots were like that crazy. Like they were pretty right. standard. Like I would say, probably the biggest, the biggest shot, just to just slightly jump ahead, would be the car wreck. Yeah, that's, that's probably what I was the, thinking. That's probably the biggest yeah. thing. But anyway, um. Yeah, we can just uh we can jump jump in, start uh start from the top. Do you wanna talk about the beginning? Yeah, sure. I you've been doing a, a good job at um following the uh following an outline, so let's see if I can okay. follow suit. <laughs> All right. So obviously we know he comes in uh, as a first year student, I think the first it opens up with him practicing, right? Yes. He's in the practice room and um I'm gonna I gotta refresh myself on names quick. It's Andrew is his Andrew name. Andrew Neiman. Yep, and what's the Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher. Oh yeah, Fletcher's Andrew the, and Fletcher. The conductor. Okay. Yep. So he comes in and then right away sets the tone. He kinda like gives him this kind of sense of comfort. In kind of how he approaches him, I think, right? He's like, he comes in and he looks at him. And he's like, "Oh, why'd you stop?" And he's kind of like, almost like awestruck, starstruck, kind mm-hmm. of. And then he starts playing again, and then he's like, "Wait, who the? Did I tell you to play yeah. again?" He's like, "Did I tell you to start? Why would yeah. you think that that's what that means?" <laughs> I think, yeah, I think too. I remember him saying, "Like, do you know who I am?" Mm-hmm. And Andrew's like, "Yes, sir." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like. Okay, so you know I'm looking for players. Right. So yeah, it's set the and then he leaves. Right. When he's while Andrew's in the middle. And yep. Andrew looks so defeated. Right. So sets Which is it's a it yeah, it sets the tone and it that's a consistent kind of like messaging or like vibe that repeats itself many times. Yeah. Up until the end, basically. Yeah, it sets the tone, though, right away that you can tell, like, Andrew's going to work really hard to, like, prove himself. Like, you can just see it. Also, just knowing how movies go, like, if someone's bad at a skill in the beginning of the movie. And, like, when we watched Creed, mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't bad at boxing, but he clearly had improve- improvement to do. It's like, you know almost every time that by the end of the movie, they're going to have mm-hmm. built upon their skill set. Right. So... That was that was a good opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. He and we have him. He's in like the regular class, mm-hmm. like, and they're flipping through. He's flipping or flipping back and forth between him and the the other drummer. I don't remember what they call them between themselves, but they're in the practice, and he sees one of the guys nudge one of the other people because they notice him. Fletcher sitting outside kind of listening oh yeah yep and then uh that kind of triggers oh excuse me got the burps going that's that, gonna be great for everyone to listen yeah to. they uh 
it kind of puts it sets sets everybody on edge so like from the very beginning from those first couple scenes like it's clear that like everybody everybody in that like world in at that school knows that like that's the top of the mountain it's clear he's the boogeyman <laughs> i don't i don't know like i think it's more like i think at that point like at that level at their skill level at that point it's more like he's He's like, he's the the guy, you know. He's, yeah. I think the, I think the. But you the, can tell I, the intimidation doesn't come and the like overt intimidation doesn't come until you get into his. But you can group. tell that he's scary. Like I'm well, gonna I, be honest, I've never, I don't even really know what a boogeyman is. I just know that it's something scary. Yeah. And so I just am saying, like, it's. But in that scene where he's listening and then he comes in, like the the band teacher just like kind of steps aside and mm-hmm. lets him conduct. And it's like, OK, it's clear that he's like top dog, but that even the teacher might be a little intimidated by like stepping yeah. in. I think it's I think that him. I think it would be like a. It'd be like if you were at like a quarterback camp and Tom Brady showed up like like. Like your dad, if your dad was coaching a quarterback camp at your high school, and then yeah. Tom Brady showed up, your dad wouldn't try to out like wouldn't try to step in to coach while Tom Brady's there to assess. You know what I mean? Fair, but Tom Brady, if we're just using him as example, or most people, they're normally a little bit friendlier. I don't, but I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think it necessarily has to do with that aspect of that particular person i think it's just a hundred percent his his status his his like rank within the school like he is he is the top he's like the guy at that school but he didn't even come in and like say hello at least i don't recall him saying like hey guys like no he did i'm pretty sure he did he's like it, it wasn't like super peppy like that but it was it was just kind of a uh um it wasn't it it wasn't it a hey like i'm looking for people and then he starts and then he's like let's let's see what you got and then he goes up okay uh, okay uh, okay yeah and like some people he let play a little longer than others and i I mean it was he was very he was very uh critical for sure but he wasn't like you know dropping you know f-bombs and insults at that point it was clear he was being critical like he did there were a couple jabs yeah but like at that point, I think he was just trying to portray that he's after excellence, and if it's not apparent, yes, that's because, true. Because but... once he, because once he told Andrew to come up, everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Like he got it, he got yeah. it. Yeah, but it's clear that like he is top dog. But like, it's clear that Fletcher knows he's top shit, and like no one's gonna step out of line in front of him. Like. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah, got yeah. the arrogance of, like, I am the best, and mm-hmm. therefore, like, I get to do what I want. Right. And that immediately, I mean, I doubt anyone likes that character or that it was supposed to be likable, but immediately it's like, ugh. Yeah, like, but I think I think at their, at that particular level for them, it's not something that would ever stop them from, like, they everybody wants him to be Right, them. right. So, I so they're not going to stop him. Right, yeah. so I don't, so I don't necessarily think it's like a, it's a fear thing, it's as more of a. I want to impress him. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Right. Makes sense. At that, at that point, obviously yes. things change once yep. perspective changes, but. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, they. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say when Andrew does get picked, he smiles, so he's like, "Right, oh, they're all yes, like, right. that is approval." Right, and even even like if I remember correctly, even some of the other members of the band are like, "Oh, like we weren't expecting somebody to get called up." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then, um, I I don't remember. Is it? It's after. It's art. It's a little after he starts joining those practices that he meets uh, the girl, right? Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to jump the gun, and I just am trying to flip through this quickly. But there's a scene I can't remember if it was before the band practice or after the the first band practice. But yeah, he goes to the movie theater with his dad, yeah. and she yeah right, and he like says hello, and she, she knows she knows what he kind of gets every time. Yeah, so clearly he's like a usual, right? Like he's a regular, um, which I thought was kind of. Fun. Like that, he goes to movies with his dad, um, and they put raisinets in their popcorn. Yeah. Disgusting. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> dropping M and M's or something in it. I don't like raisins. But he said, "Did you see the comment where he was like, I don't like raisinets to his dad?" <laughs> but I don't know. It was cute. Cute bonding moment established the relationship. clearly close relationship with his dad. Um. Eh. I think it's, I feel like it's more routine because there's some moments later where it's clear like that maybe they're. You should, sorry, when you're editing this, replay that sound effect you just made. You're like, "Eh." yeah. I mean, obviously they still have a health, like a pretty healthy relationship. I mean, his dad clearly supports him, but at the same time, like there's a tipping point where he kind of, he's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say rebels, but definitely goes against what his dad. Yes, but like still, it's kind of clear that like maybe that's like his dad is all he has. Because like if he's, I don't want to say like going to the movie theater with his dad is like a sign that he has no friends. But the fact that like we don't see him in the movie at all with anybody else mm-hmm. that yeah, he's the, close yeah, with. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like his dad is the only like constant thing. And there's there's a little moment a little later in the movie where he's where that kind of gets a little not fractured but definitely there's a little bit of a little bit of a diversion in that kind of vibe and it it comes up right close after where we are so I'll get we, we can get there in a second but yeah so but he meets the girl and what's her name is it Nicole yes Nicole okay but. Uh, yeah, he meets her. I think he. I think he asks her out. The it might be. Yeah, he asks. Yeah, that, that's what he asks her out the night. Uh, the night before the first practice is when he asks her out because he goes home and he's kind of high on life, and then he gets and then he wakes up late. He was told six o'clock. He wakes oh, up shortly after six. Yeah. Yeah. And band practice didn't start till, until nine. nine. Right. And that's where the first part of the mind games come into play from Fletcher. So here's my first question. Why do you think he did that? Like, do you think it's because he knew that he was going to be late? He, no, he's fucking with him. He's screwing with him. A hundred percent. I am of the, at least, that's what I believe. That he's messing, that's the first step one of messing with him. And later on, when he talks about, like, his, it's his whole, that's his whole strategy is to push people, push people to the breaking point. Yeah. Because, you know, the whole, pre- I mean, they, they didn't put it this way, but the whole pressure and diamonds, you know, speech thing. I could see like that. Are, are they at Juilliard or no? No, it's some. Um, it's, it's another conservatory or something. Yeah, it's Schaefer Conservatory. Schaefer Conservatory. Okay, I 
why did I think it was Juilliard? Anyways, um, that scene where like you know he he like he told someone like oh I have band practice at six a.m. whatever or you knew that and then he like falls asleep and he wakes up and he sees the alarm and it's like six o two and he's like oh shit and he runs to get his clothes on and runs to class. That just made me in my head be like that's probably like I just pictured you like when you were in college probably I could see you running late probably to your glasses and scrambling to get ready and booking it but you didn't play I mean you play instruments but you didn't you did you do that ever in college not in college no okay but I could just picture that like if you had to get up early in the morning because you're not a morning person mm. that I could see that happening to you where like people are like Oh, you have to be here at a certain time and you, but you're never really that late to things. You're normally on time. I was going to say, I don't get why, especially recently, I don't understand why people give me grief about being late because I'm never late. You're you're not late. I just mean like you're not a morning person. So (laughs) if you had to be somewhere at 6 a.m., I think you would maybe struggle. See, that's what my dad would always give me crap about with tea times and golfing. Oh, okay. I've never missed. I've never been late. I haven't been late. For, and, like, uh, if it's something that I want to get up for, which in this instance, this is something he's been working for, you know. Right. But, but I, I mean, just, it's a little different. It's a little different. It just gave yeah. Colton vibes. Yeah, like, you know, disoriented college student that's on his own for the first time and is trying mm-hmm. to, like, navigate all this pressure. Mm-hmm. I could see that being you. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, I definitely think it's a, it's a tactic, you know. He, like... He's, you know, high stress, so then he comes in at that time, and then he gets, he realizes it's not till nine, so then he stays there, and he's tired, and when you're tired, you know, everything's, everything's more, you know, stressful, mm-hmm. or you're not, obviously, aren't as capable of doing your best. Yeah. So I think it's just, like, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those really easy ways for him to mess with them, to, you know, because, like, he brings up later, like, you're gonna make mistakes, and he, his whole strategy is to make you never ever want to make a mistake again yeah which is clear in the his first go around when he's given the sticks or given the seat so he so when he when they first give him that try when he first he's like oh let's let the let's let the new guy go and he well, goes, oh, give it. before we talk about that we mm-hmm. should talk about how he interacts with the other one of the other mm-hmm. band members the, the drummer you're saying the other no drummer, or? no the they start the practice, I think it's before, like, Andrew gets a shot at the drums, and someone's, like, off-key, or, like, they're flat or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's something well, he, about, they're off-tune? When he, when he comes in, tune? when he comes in, when the other drummer comes in, he goes, hey, tune the, tune the drums to B-flat. I think is how it starts. Oh, maybe And then he asks right. the okay. guy on the piano to give him a B-flat, gives him B-flat, starts trying to tune. Asks for it again, and then has to ask for it again, and then he kind of gets abruptly stopped. And then they start playing as the group, right? You're mm-hmm. right. And then the one ends up being one of the trombone yes. people is out of tune. But he asked him, like, are you out of tune? And the guy kind of, like, didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, you know, verbally... He didn't know. Yeah, verbally abuses him a little more, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was out of tune. And then he runs he out. Kicks him out. He goes, and yeah, he wasn't he, out of tune. He tells the other guy, you were out of tune, but he didn't know, which is bad enough. And it's like, right. what? That was kind of a turning point for me, because I was like, Jesus, like, what is wrong with you? Right. <laughs> well, I think, again, it, it's it's one of those things where it's, it, they make it clear from the very beginning that this isn't, his behavior, his way of doing this, in no way is healthy at all. 
like they it's pretty clear like throughout the whole thing i don't think you're ever supposed to think like oh shit this is this is what you got to do if you want to be great right i know it just that type of behavior it just it just so wouldn't fly now like i mean maybe there are people that get away with it don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but like if that were to be public knowledge like if the internet mm-hmm. knew about a story of someone who was treating their students like this Oh my God! Would there be a riot to cancel that person? <laughs> yeah, I think I think though the the unfortunate thing is I think there's there's definitely a lot of people that would put up with it because they know what it can mean, right? And well, especially and like that's success. kind of this thing here. Yeah. Like they know like this guy like that the the Trump the I think it was a uh, trumpet player that like he that they're like oh they know that this guy is produced profession like this group produces professional you know players so like they're like it's It's, kind of like oh shit like if this is what it takes this is what it takes fair but yeah so then andrew i think they take a break at some point in the practice and and, he's like when we come back and yes but he kind of gives andrew they almost have like a heart to heart like it's the nicest you almost ever see fletcher because he's like oh like tell me about yourself like what does your mom do? Yeah, what does your yeah. dad do? And he says, like, I don't know. It's I'm I'm pretty sure that's just a play for him to get some. Oh, dirt. it was. Right. But and it when you first watch it, you're like, oh, because he's kind of like, remember, you deserve to be here, or you have a spot here, or right, something right, like that. Right. So Andrew kind of comes in like with uh, a smile. Like, yeah, I'm hot shit. like I can do this. Uh-huh. And then just gets absolutely <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> um What is it? Uh oh, what are, what are the phrases? Uh for some reason, I can't think of it now. Of the insults? Yeah, I know. When he's like, are you, uh, he's like, what is it? Are you, um, oh, crap. I, honestly, I blocked him out of my memory because they made me sad. The insults were so mean. Right. There were so many, like, homophobic references. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's his whole thing is he wants to be as berating and as offensive as possible. Yeah. Um, but it was he kept making snarky comments about like, oh, is that why you're? Are you all sad because your mommy ran away or something like that? Not, not quite my tempo. Oh yeah. But what is he? I'm trying to. Th- I can't remember what he says. Is it? Are you rush? Are you rushing or are oh! you? Are you? Oh my god. Are you rushing or are you falling? Or uh, crap! <laughs> I feel so stupid. I don't know. I. For clarification, guys. Is it dragging? Oh, yeah. Honestly, for clarification, though, I never... I've only played the flute, and that was in middle school. Mm -hmm. So I don't... If I get any of these musical terms wrong, I don't... Yeah, I don't know any better, so don't come at me. But, yeah, he asks him that question. Rushing. Let's try again. Okay, dragging. Rushing. You know what he means by that, right? I mean, going too fast and going too slow. Sort of. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like it's um, obviously he's being hypercritical here. Like when he's if when he's making these adjustments, like to us, we like I think that that's kind of the whole point. You can't tell. You really can't right. tell if he's going a little bit faster, a little bit slower. And, and like it's it's one of those things where on an individual basis, like I guess technically he could be hearing it faster and slower based on what the tempo in his head, because that's the whole thing. It's my fucking tempo, right? It's yeah. what 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 he's thinking in his head. But yeah, then that's the that's the whole thing. It lulled, he lulled him into that comfort, 
and then he slowly starts to ramp it up because he is kind of like, oh no, you're good, a little, little fast, a little slow, yeah, a little fast. And then he, then he throw the chair. At, doesn't it escalate super quick? And oh then he throws the chair at him. Yes, or the music stand, whatever it is. It, it, it was a, a chair, chair. because right. I remember him saying, mm-hmm. "Do you know why? Do you know why I just threw a chair at you?" Or he he makes some comment about like the chair that came so out of nowhere. Like right. you could tell it was escalating, but I was watching this last night. And my roommate was like sitting by me and like I had my headphones in and I audibly just went, oh, shit, (laughs) because it just caught me so off guard. And the fact that he dodged it, like good reflexes. (laughs) Um, But I was going to say, too, like when he kept cutting him off and critiquing him, he barely would play like anything. Right. And it was like, you're you're wrong. Right. It's like, dude, he only got like a little bit in. I think that's part of it. I think that was kind of just part of the point slowly ramp up so he could blow up and throw the chair at him because he brings up the story about the about the guy getting the symbol thrown at him yes um later so and and it's during when he tells those stories later that like that's the that's the method he's employing thinking that it's you know it's the way to go right you want to get better so that i never have to throw a chair at you again right (laughs) basically right yeah. Um. So that was like the first. Uh, oh, and he made Andrew cry. Mm-hmm. Um. And so you get the first like, oh, geez, like this is the rhetoric here. Like he just is a bully and everyone just works really hard to succeed and takes the bullying. Right. If you want to be here, you got to either be able to t- you either got to get better or get, be either way. You have to take this crap. Right. Or get get better. Like. And then I think, like, the next scene we see is him, like, working so hard trying to speed up his... Right, go faster. Yes. Which, in reality, that is kind of ridiculous, because he's just literally trying to go as fast as he can, which really doesn't make any sense. I I don't know. Well, just, like, just think of it like, I don't know, think of it like, like, the whole point is you want to keep a tempo. Going fast for the sake of going fast. Well, I think he was trying to go fast at the same tempo. I, I... I think I think the idea is, is I think obviously the whole point is just to show that he's pushing himself right like beyond a certain point right but anyway it's isn't it it's between then and the it's between then and the first performance though where he has that dinner with his family and, um and, I think so and I liked that scene a lot oh, I'm wait, glad actually, they hold on a second it. oh okay no I mean sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but um. Oh no, I think it's in there. I th- I thought I was reading this thing. Um, it it's either before or after the first performance. Really, it's not a big deal. I don't think it makes too big of a difference. No, I think I think it's the like the first performance, and then we see him working really hard, and his hands all bloody, and it's and then or sorry, I'm sorry, it was the practice, bloody hands from practicing so hard. The show first performance, then and the then dinner. the dinner. Because yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. The, he gets promoted to core drummer, and, yeah, that's, and that's what he talks right, about right, Yep. But the first performance, um, the core drummer is also kind of mean, and he's like, "Well, he it, just as much as on the line for him, right? Like he went through the same thing at some. I point. know, but it's just it's so I understand he's under a lot of pressure, but everybody is. So for him to be like, "Hold my folder," it's like, "Bitch, hold your own folder." Like, well, I mean, that's kind of what it becomes anyway. Like. 
Well, that's that's the thing Fletcher. That's the thing Fletcher brings up. He goes, uh, "I didn't give the folder to him. I gave the folder to you." So yeah, right. But I think I think that's one of those like check your check your you know check your place like he was telling Andrew to yeah. check his place. Yeah, that's I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like those type of people. Yeah. Um, I think it. I think that's. The, I think this breeds those kinds of people, though. And that's the whole thing, right? But it came back to bite him in the right. ass, which I enjoyed. So, <laughs> there, like, uh, one of the bits that I came across before watching this was a thing with the folder. It was like uh, the video. It may have been like a what, a what culture thing where it was like uh, cons- like different conspiracies from different movies or something like that. And it one what came up about this movie in the folder. So I knew about the folder thing going into this movie. And it was that um uh the like conspiracy is that Fletcher took the folder. Oh. So like I thought he did too right away. Right. Because when he specifically said, like, if I ever see another one of these folders laying around. So I thought he did take it and then was gonna like yell at Andrew. So I was kind of oh that angle of it thrown for a loop when he yelled at Carl. See, I think, I think it, I, I think more of he two things. So I think he wanted to set an example for Andrew by by bashing into the other guy, but then at the same time, it gave it opened it opened the door for for Andrew. So it was kind of one of those things. It was like, uh, it was, uh, I don't know. It was, it add, obviously adds, uh, adds more pressure. I think he really, I don't think he saw the, like the greatness in the other guy that he see, saw in, in Andrew. So he was doing another one of those, you know, manipulation things to get yeah. Andrew to have to show up. Right. Yeah. And then after that, um, Andrew gets to play because He's, Carl doesn't know the song by heart. Right. And Andrew does. Andrew's like, this is my moment, y'all. Right. Yeah, that was that's kind of like another one of those one of those things where it's Fletcher kind of being proven right with his decisions, especially if he took the folder because he know like it proves that Andrew really wants it, really doesn't want to mess up because he memorized, you know, the memorized the charts. Right. Yeah. So that was kind of a turning point because you got to see Andrew's hard work paying off a little bit. Right. And now he got right. promote, promoted to core drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny when he goes to the next practice and Carl's like sitting in the in the stool and um, Fletcher's like... It's for core members only. Yeah, like I don't have time practice. for this. Yeah, yeah. And then they switch and he's like, and don't forget to turn Andrew's pages. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at the, when he comes into the piano player, makes the comment. He's like, "Hey, don't touch my folder." Oh yeah. Really? So and like that, he... it kind of creates a little bit of a, a little resentment from the band towards him. Yep. But uh, just a, a quick rewind back to the dinner. Well, when, then now we're on the dinner. We're on the dinner now. I'm just saying the next practice. It didn't like you know what I mean. The oh, comments from okay. the piano player yeah, happened yeah, yeah. after. The yep, dinner, yep, so. yep. Um. All the like his family. It's clear that his at least his extended family doesn't care about his music stuff. They're all about their sons with football and. If um, that isn't like America in a nutshell, I don't know what is. <laughs> Do you not? Is it not in every like 
teenage movie or show that like the sports are prioritized and the people who like music are like off to the side like hello high school musical yeah perfect example yeah i (laughs) I think it's that's one of those like i think it, it it's it's all a matter of obviously like circumstances in particular you know cases because there's plenty of places where I'm sure there's plenty of places where it'll go where the sports are. Yes, but I'm just saying maybe, okay, maybe I mean in like small towns, Mm -hmm. sports tend to, on average, probably like quote mean more. But but just in general, like think about it, like in America, how much money does like sports events make? Right. Like that's part, that's part of what it is. right. Right. So, but what I'm. Together, this I'm assuming this conservatory is in like New York City. Yeah, it's in New York. Yep. So, from what I know about New York City, that is very much like musical theater vibes, right? But I think the whole I think the whole thing is it's like really like so so few people play sports professionally or like you know when people are playing sports they like. The like some of the degrees they're getting are kind of. I think the idea is okay. You're going to this music school to play music, but if you don't make it professionally, like what are you going to do? Like what do you do with like that? And I think they don't see they well, don't the parallel. See it. Well, they don't see how like the football. Like, are you saying that they don't see how the sons playing football is the same thing? Like it's, they're boasting about their. They're boasting about their son's accomplishments as if they mean, like, they're not able to translate his accomplishments because they can't see what that develops into or, like, what kind of opportunities that opens. Yeah. Is that gonna... I, I thought you were saying that, like, they're kind of the same thing in the sense that, like, they're both doing, like, the cousins, I'm assuming they were his cousins, were, like, doing football and their the chances of them going to the NFL are rare, and like him being in the musical, like observat what is it called conservatory, mm-hmm. um, is like like the chances of like getting really famous professionally are also really rare. So I was thinking you were saying like oh they're boasting about their sons being what was know- the what was the other son one was football but what was the other one he was like. I thought he was also football. No, no. One of them was a football player. The other one was more, was like, was he going to, he was going to some like Ivy League school or something to do. Yeah. But either way, like, I think it's more the idea that like, they don't like, it's it's very common, I think, in families for families not to see the value in someone's major. Like, well, I think too, in this instant, in this particular instance, jazz is so like out of the out of the like mainstream i mean hello have you seen la la land it's what that whole movie is about right. how jazz is going out of style i mean that's what this movie is and uh la la land i think is by the same director is this oh period or you like must writer not want jazz to die um but <laughs> i i just think in general like what i'm what i'm maybe realizing is it seems like they both music and sports in college have about the same likelihood of making a career out of it maybe mm-hmm. or like they're both they both seem 
pretty unattainable and not very like stable. Mm-hmm. But they were still bragging about the Suns because that's considered like traditionally I, yeah. successful to be a big sports yeah. and be smart versus musical musically inclined at least in that family wasn't as respected but i think the thing that pissed me off the most is like why didn't the dad it's when he flips that's like yeah but andrew could have like andrew's dad could have like defended him but then he kind of took the side of like well you can't make a career out of it and it was like bitch what (laughs) well that's part of the conversation was like the people who tend to make careers out of this stuff live shorter lives because of the kind of side effects of the nature of the work i guess because that's what they're talking about was like all the greats that he brings up all these great people all died young and his dad's like i don't like his that's kind of why his dad flips because his dad's like hey like i don't want you to die young so like why are you idolizing these people that died young did he bring this up because if he didn't missed opportunity he should have said like okay yeah well people who play sports professionally their bodies are deteriorated (laughs) by the time they're like 40. Yeah. I think I think uh I think it's more like I don't know. I I I don't necessarily think it's like one of those things where it it the the conversation definitely shifts, right? Like to that mm-hmm. sort of I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily I don't think that part of the conversation necessarily translates to what the they were getting at with the sports thing. But I don't know. I don't think it does because I think at that point the tra- the thing shifts to just being critical of Andrew and not critical. You know what I mean? Like, cause... I mean, yeah, but I just think in general, like they're not seeing the similarities between. Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of one of the that's kind of what he uh, what he tries to point out when he's like he's playing Division Three. Like, who cares if he's good for Division yeah. Three? Like, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Whereas he's like, I'm in, like, he's trying to say, like, I'm in the, like, one of the the top top programs here. And I'm like, I'm playing, I'm the guy, like, the drummer for this group. Yeah. So, like, he He just wanted some damn praise. (laughs) Right. And honestly, he had earned it. Like, do you think the dad knew or, like, got, like, a slight inkling at that time of, like, maybe something's not right? Because, like, with the teacher, like, did he get that inkling starting there? Because. Andrew doesn't bring that up, but like, I mean, I think so. I think so because it's at that point when Andrew brings up, he goes, "I'd rather die young and accomplish this than whatever." And I think that's the first kind of red flag for the dad. Like, what the f are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, like we're we're talking about you being a, a drummer in this in this group, and now you're talking about dying young. It's like, what the f? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they it's clear that there's that little rift there that he kind of. Like, obviously, he's being, dis- like, they were kind of disrespecting him, but at the same time, he, like, that's when you can tell the, whatever relationships he does have, that's where they kind of start to break, right? They start yep. to splinter. And then soon after, he dumps the girl. Right, because he's <laughs> like, you're just gonna, you're gonna keep me from doing what I want to do. I did think that was stupid, though, because they didn't really make a lot of space for like their relationship to be even built i don't i don't think the i don't think the motivation was necessarily to be invested in their relationship as more as that relationship was kind of put in there to show that he that's kind of one of the prices to the greatness he's chasing that he like at least the way he sees it is you can't have those relationships and be great 
So I don't think, like I said, I don't think this was ever supposed to be kind of like focused on that love story thing. It was more like, it was more like the, I mean, cause we, we get it with the guy, with the former student that kills himself. Um, like it's one of those things where like, they just, they throw everything out. They throw everything out just to, you know, zero in on this and it ends up fucking up everything behind, like inside mechanically speaking for the person. Yeah. I just felt like then that could have been communicated with the scene with just his family, like the deteriorating relationships. I don't really know why they needed to put the relationship with Nicole in there, but that's just my opinion. Um, But I think, is it like, okay, so I know soon after this, we get the like the really intense practice, mm -hmm. but was it? Was it before he started that practice where No. He brings in he brings in the drummer that brings he in the other with. drummer, yeah. Carl no, not Carl. Carl's the other one. It was um he brings Connolly. Ryan Ryan Connolly. Ryan Connolly. And you like Andrew like goes into his office, he goes into Fletcher's yep, office, yep. and you can tell Fletcher's upset and it's like, oh geez, what happened? And then the next practice Fletcher, you kind of see him show a little bit of emotion. Right. And he talks about how the guy, the guy, that trumpet player died in a car wreck. Sean, I think yeah. was his name. Yeah. He died in a car accident. And it's like, oh, wait. Like, for a second, you maybe think like, oh, maybe he has a heart and he really cares about his students. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if it's that same practice or it's soon after where then they, the drummers are taking turns trying to get the it's that practice, tempo yeah. right or whatever, right. trying to do something. And then right. it's like five hours. Yep. And then Andrew, Andrew wins. Finally he gets it. Right. it. Um, yeah. And then after that, was it the, the competition? Yep. Um, and he tells them to be there early. Fletcher tells the band to be there early. And then, Andrew's on the bus, but then the bus gets a flat tire, so mm -hmm. he rents a car. Leaves the sticks at the office. Yes. Which, out of the whole movie, that was probably my favorite, like, scene sequence, because I loved the, like, um, the, like, glancing of the clock every, like, little bit to right. show, like, the, the pressure of the time ticking, and then, like, the, the shot of, like, him, like, running out the door and leaving the sticks behind, and as the audience member, you're like, no! And then he he gets there, and he's late, and then he's like, Fletcher's like, okay, well, you need your sticks, and if you get there on stage, then you're fine, but if you don't make it, mm -hmm. then you're out, or whatever. And then Andrew's like, I got it, I got it. And then he runs back, and you could tell when he was in the car, leading up to the car crash, because the, the shot, the camera was with him the whole time, it never cut. It was just with him, like, as he's on the phone, like, mm -hmm. I'm coming, I'm coming. And then the guy's like, are you in the car? And he's like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. And just, as I, I felt something coming, and then just, bam. There he was. And, and that it's was funny, and it's hilarious. He gets the, he gets T-boned, and the first thing he does is looks at, looks at the clock. <laughs> 532. Yeah. Ah, shit. <laughs> like, I can still make it. But the fact that the car flipped, too, like, I saw, I mean, we knew he got T-boned, and, mm -hmm. like, I they showed the right. glass shattering in him, like, you know, yep. getting, what's the word I'm looking for here? Him getting thrown? Sure. Whipped? 
Sure. <laughs> um, whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he crawls out from underneath the car. And he's like, see ya. I right. gotta make it to a concert. <laughs> That's the moment where I was like, I, I, li- I think I literally wrote down. I'm gonna check real quick. I think I literally wrote down. The fact that he got into a car accident and still ran to the show, literally what? <laughs> because what? Like why? It's it's kind of one of those like not to say that it's obviously it's not healthy, but it's like that like pure determination on his point to like not mess it up, right? So like I think that's I think that's one of those characteristics that I think that's supposed to be one of those things that Fletcher like sees in him that he's like he doesn't he never he never wants to mess up again because he knows what messing up the messing up feels like sort of a thing and it's something that keeps getting piled on him even more and more up until almost well up until the end of the movie basically mm-hmm. but I think I don't know it's just one of those things and obviously he's young too like he's 19 or whatever but even nineteen-year-olds know that when you get in a car accident, you call the police. I think and you go to the hospital. I think <laughs> you, it you just don't want to. You don't. You can't underestimate somebody's drive. I understand, but I don't. I don't think. I mean, if anyone listening hasn't been able to tell, we tend to play devil's advocate to what the other person is thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you do that in life in general, <laughs> but I do that too. But I think, like, we don't, I don't think we need to defend that choice. Well, no, no, it's not a good choice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, okay. it's definitely not a good choice. It's just, I think that's just the reasoning behind his, that's right. that character's choice. I mean, I, I agree, mm-hmm. but I think we need to end the conversation with, it's stupid. Well, right. Of course it is. I know. Every, almost, okay. Like, every, like, almost every decision that he makes to continue going back is it's a dumb. bad decision. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's, it's sad, because it's like... He's just trying to prove himself, and it's right. like, oh, yeah. This definitely, buddy. this definitely isn't a feel-good movie. Like, definitely yeah. not. But anyway, so, so he gets in, he gets into the seat, and everyone's like, "What the hell?" And it's then he ends blood up like, all over him. <laughs> ends up basically passing out, and then he kicks him out. Yeah. So what happened there? Like, he just like lost energy. You think? Oh, I mean, it could be anything. Like, you know, head like head trauma from the accident, <laughs> like a concussion or something. I think it's just it's being exhausted, just having been in a car wreck. All of it kind of compiled on top to the point where he's like, whether it's exhaustion or something else overtaking him, is just, and then he just ends up lose, like passing out basically. And then obviously he gets kicked out, he gets pissed, and tackles a guy, and then that's where the okay pop off though. I was waiting for that the whole movie. I was <laughs> like, come on, tackle him. And he did, and he had it coming. Okay, mm-hmm. um, that made me feel very good. And then I was mad when they took him off because I was like, honestly, he had it coming. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that was in front of a bunch of people, so he had had him it embarrassed him enough. Like Fletcher got a little bit of karma. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, it just made Andrew look like a fucking crazy person. Who cares though? Because you know, Fle- I, right? Like, I know. Right. Andrew I, well, knows. We know, right. But, like, Andrew knows, mm-hmm. and what does he have to lose at that point, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like, I would have done the same thing. Right. So then it's there that we have a bit of a break. Uh, you know, it, he basically, he leaves the, I don't know if he leaves the school, he, I don't know if he leaves the school entirely at that point. I think he does, right? He gets expelled, no? I thought, 
I think the whole thing was like he well he puts in the word about Fletcher like anonymously about him. And he got dismissed first, I think. Well, I mean, it all kind of happens in the same flow in the movie. Yeah. I don't know exactly where the timing yes, works out. You're correct. Um, because the that uh, that other teacher talks about the kid actually killing himself, not being in a car wreck. I would say, like they, yeah, they reveal that Sean had died. He committed suicide by hanging, mm-hmm. which makes the whole scene where he first tells the students mm-hmm. seem it very changes different. It. it changes it, right? For sure. So looking back on it. What do you think the tears meant? Like, do you think he was feeling guilty? See, I don't know. Um, I did. I did note on here, like, it could be a couple of things. Like, part of it could be denial. Like, I think the other, but I think it's more the other thing I wrote down where he, it's a combination of, it's just him not wanting to take responsibility. And not like wanting to look bad, so he kind of gets in front of it to tell his students that sort of a thing. Because obviously, the whole thing—I think in my mind, I I picture him thinking like he just wasn't cut out for greatness, sort of a thing. That makes me so mad. Well, I mean, you're not supposed to like the guy, so I know, but just ugh, it's just <laughs> it's just so infuriating because like that's probably really happened. Mm-hmm. Where, like, people have pushed themselves so hard and they think they can't do it. And so they, like, commit suicide. And it's so sad that people are pushed to that point. And then the fact that if if what you're saying is true about how, like, he doesn't want to take responsibility, that's just so annoying. Because they kind of have that guilty conscience coming. Like, you deserve to... Mm-hmm. Maybe that makes me sound bad. But don't you think they kind of deserve to feel bad if... You're you're driving someone to the brink of that, right? It's yeah, it's you definitely should, right? That's the whole thing. But again, this it's clear that this guy's fucking psycho. Is he a sociopath? <laughs> He's got to be some kind of something, right? <laughs> some sort of personality disorder, right? Or whatever, right? Um, yeah. So Andrew be- agrees to you know Rat give a out. word, right? Um, which why do you think he was even hesitant to do that? Um, part of it's, I would imagine part of it's fear because he he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want him to know it's him. Why though? He's not in the band anymore. Right. But imagine somebody who has been, who knows who you are pretty intimately has been very aggressive and violent towards you. If they were to find out that you, you know, ratted, like made them lose their job or something. Like you saying maybe he thought he was going to retaliate. Yeah, maybe that, or okay. uh, or like a combination of that and just being responsible for this guy that, like, he doesn't want to be the guy that ruined the, like, ruined the program, or I don't know. It could be any combination of those yeah. sorts of things. I guess that makes sense, but when I was watching, I was just thinking, like, well, he already is expelled from the school, and he's not in the band anymore, so, like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I thought, but, yeah. And then there's kind of like a time jump a little bit. Right. It jumps to summer at that point. Yeah. After that, after they meet with that lawyer. And Andrew's working at a restaurant. Yep. And then he sees Fletcher playing at a jazz club. 
And then that's when they have their their uh, conversation where <laughs> even up to this, well, up to this point, like it, you kind of it kind of makes it seem like he's kind of, you know, chilled out, but in reality, he's still just pulling strings. Yep. Right. I think everything he told him was true, though. I don't think he was lying or or omitting anything other than omitting the fact that he knew that Andrew like you know told on him or whatever mm-hmm. uh, reported him but like so all the the story that he gives him about like oh he, he knew he never wanted to mess up again and he that that's what he that's why he not again not to just I'm not justifying it that's just yes. his words yep yep why he did what he did because he's he's trying to say like I am trying to create that guy and and you're not going to create that guy without pushing people past the point where they would have yeah. gone because you know if if he would have if he would have just been like oh hey that's pretty good try again next time he wouldn't have gone so like tunnel vision you know crazy on the practice to get to the point where he got to okay i'm going to pose a question that mm-hmm. could potentially be controversial besides the like verbal abuse like do you think pushing and pushing and pushing someone is like ever successful I think I think to a certain point. I think to a certain point there has to be like okay. Just let me finish make let me go all the way through the whole thought before you There is some truth to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But that being said, obviously mm-hmm. there is a level where it is too far. Mm-hmm. It is too much. Like when it starts affecting your relationships with people, when it starts uh uh impacting your health like because obviously his physical health was like bad enough because of the car wreck i mean that thing but then like i mean the hands thing that it got to be a lot of blood right that's like if my fingers start like not that i would i don't have that kind of motivation for this but if i was playing guitar to the point where my fingers were bleeding like you have to stop like you're not you're not going to be getting any better while your fingers are bleeding bleeding, you know what i mean so like it's one of those things where for sure there has to be some pressure like just think like i don't i don't know how you guys ran it but we both played soccer right Mm -hmm. or in sports at school you have a hell week right like most sports have a version of a hell week at the beginning of the season oh yeah where you go it's all like right it's all conditioning right yes so the whole point of that is to push you to push you beyond what you would need in a game to prepare your body to be ready to go. Right. Right. So obviously there's a point where that's too much. I mean, sometimes it's in, 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 on an individual basis, right? Like if somebody's like, is going through that and maybe they, they like throw up or something from like the exertion or whatever that I don't think is necessarily too far because I mean, plus you're there voluntarily. So there's a little bit of difference there. I think the again, I think the line starts to be where it's impacting your. I mean, obviously, throwing up is part of your health, but when it's impacting your like long term health, physical and mental, yeah. When it's straining your relationships, that's too far. But I do like the the sentiment where being told good job about everything. Like, say you mess up in something, and somebody says good job, you'll get it next time. I don't think you're as likely to learn. Uh, it sometimes critique and ridicule is better than, you know, praise. Does that make sense? Because there's, I, I, I do think there is some benefit to, uh, sh- I'm going to use the word shame, but that's not necessarily what I mean. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Like if I, I don't know, what's another example? Like for like golfing, I golf a lot. If I, every time I hit it off the tee, like if I start, if I'm like shanking it out of bounds every time off the tee and my dad just like, oh, you know what, you'll get it next time. Granted, we are much more casual than that. I don't want to put anything there, but I'm just using it as an example. If, if I keep saying, oh, if somebody keeps saying, oh no, you're good, like you'll get it next time that doesn't really encourage me to want to fix it. You know what I mean? And to get better. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know, that's a really long winded answer to your question, but I do think there is some benefit to that. I don't think, I don't think it's strictly bad. Yeah. I was just trying to let you have your, your full moment before I was going to say, um, I heard you say like, Oh, there's a point to where it's not okay. But I think the question is, like, that point is different to everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, parents most of the time are, it's pretty common that parents may be coaches or just in general, like, are the ones pushing their kids to to be really good and do things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I see your point about, like, oh, you want to push people to pursue greatness. but. Um, like I got that from coaches too, where it was like, you know, like be tough, like, don't, don't be a baby. Like you push through in not, not push through injuries, but like, don't, you know, you can take more. Don't let it deter you. Right. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think of the best way to say this. I think like to some extent, like that's a, like by constantly pushing someone, uh, emotionally to be like you're stronger than this you're better than this like you can do better um that's assuming that the only way to get someone to do something is to like light a fire under them Mm -hmm. like someone might just there are other reasons that people do things besides like the fear of Mm -hmm. not being like of not being told you're doing well like people might you might just build the skill because you actually just love the game Mm -hmm. or you love what you do Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a similar example is like when people say like, um, oh, we can't have like socialism because there would be no incentive to like be a doctor and, Mm -hmm. you know, go through more schooling because that's how you make more money. But it's like that's under the the assumption that the only reason people ever become doctors is because Mm -hmm. they want to make money. It's like there are other reasons why people want to do things. And it's like it's just because. You need a purpose and you want to have passions in life. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a way to encourage people to be really good and get them to a point of greatness that doesn't require like pushing them to the point of like mental exhaustion. Mm -hmm. But there are some people I would argue who I remember thinking in playing sports they need a little bit of that mental mm-hmm. pushing because right. I was like, your personality type just wants to give up when you first do something wrong or you don't care that you're bad. And in that sense, it's like, then just don't play the sport in my opinion, if you don't care, mm-hmm. but they do anyway. So those, there are some cases where I've been like, you need a dose of like, come on. Like, I think not to, not to cut you off and I'll be brief, but like, like with high school sports, middle school sports, I think those are the people that like 
like like you said, yeah, you can kind of just let them go. But though I think in those instances when they're not quite at the mental capacity to realize that they're shorthanding themselves so much, you know what I mean? Where that extra push would be like, you might in, it's kind of like a miniature version of this. You might get someone that like, you realize like, let's say like it's a middle school basketball team. Maybe they're, uh, maybe that person that kind of doesn't really want to do it or like is kind of prone to giving up on it. Maybe that next person goes on to get a D1 scholarship or something mm-hmm. because that person stuck with them and pushed them enough past right. the, past their individual point of yeah. comfort. Fair. Yeah. I it it's just there it's such a fine line right. because sometimes most people I know who get pushed and pushed and pushed by coaches or parents end up reflecting back on it in a negative light. Right, they end up resenting the whole yeah, they're it, like, right. oh man, like I that right. that made me feel like shit. Right. It's it's hard. <laughs> I think the hardest part about it is like there it, it comes from two fronts. The parents or coaches they have to be able to recognize when it's too much, which is hard because the other front, especially kids, aren't likely to be able to portray that in the right way for them to understand and they may they may like might bottle it up until it explodes sort of a deal Mm -hmm. like i yeah i like i for sure wasn't that i for sure wasn't this kind of thing i that motivation would have done nothing for me or like that pressure would have done nothing for me so your parents never pushed like told you like oh come on colton you can do better than that type of stuff so there's kind of a funny story behind that i did not he tell us so i did not get <laughs> i didn't have that a lot uh my my especially for my mom but like or like she was very just completely supportive do how you do do your best sort of thing i could see that um <laughs> And I don't think they needed it much because I think most of the time I did do my best. Um, there was one moment, I, and I'll never, I'll never forget it. I bet my dad probably won't forget it either because it's the only time it happened, and nothing ever similar happened to before mm-hmm. or after. I mean, um, but before or after uh, basketball tournament, uh, I was having a particularly rough game, and I remember there was a moment where. I went to pass it, okay. and the pass got inter- pass got picked oh. off. And I heard my dad clap once and say, "Come on, Colt!" Like pit, like piss oh. sounding. I stopped in the middle <laughs> of the game and I looked that up at him and told him to shut up. And he got oh super. My God. Yeah, he got super embarrassed and left. I felt really bad. I got pulled out of the game, obviously, and sat the rest of the game. But wait, it, that had he ever said that before? I mean. It was That's just pretty in that, common phrase. In that right, in that particular moment, it's all I heard, and I are I see the problem is this is where <laughs> this is where my men, this is where my mentality like I already know like you do not need to tell me yes. that I'm messing up. Yes, I know that yes. I'm messing up. You're piling on. I know. So I, that that oh. was my, in that particular game that was my tipping point. I, nothing like that ever happened again. Mainly because I never felt that pressure anymore. Yeah. Because I always like again I always knew. I always knew when I was doing everything I could and when I wasn't. And like the whole, like in, in team sports and you'll like, you know, there's the whole pregame, the whole pregame pump up. And then there's like the huddles where everyone's like, one, two, three, go. That never did anything for me. 
one, two, three. So like when when we're like in in high school basketball when we're doing these stupid chants in the locker room before the game, I'm like, it's like, why I don't need this. This does nothing for me. I'm gonna go out See, and play the same regardless. That's funny. I'm I'm kind of the opposite. Like I am a sucker for like pump up stuff. Like mm-hmm. a big part of my like warm up was like mute pump up music and mm-hmm. like. I liked the, like, chants that would get you a little bit riled up. And normally, I mean, my dad was also my coach. But, like, we would, he would give us, like, some sort of thing to, like, like, he would tell us something about the other team to be, like, like, get us riled up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, like, looking back on it, I, like, look at myself and I'm like, what was wrong with me that I was getting so riled up about stuff that, like, really didn't matter? But that was the whole point. Like, it was to get us riled up. But now I look back and it's like, it kind of taught me to be like, not sensitive, but like, I mean, I am sensitive, but like, it's different. It taught me to get like riled up about stuff that doesn't really matter. Not that sports didn't matter. I'm just saying it got me riled up about team, another team for not really a real reason. And now I think I get riled up about things that are like not necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think. To, to wrap up this conversation, I think we can agree that it's de- definitely dancing on a fine line. And I think overall parents and adult figures in, especially with young adults and kids, need to be more conscious of like the way that they're motivating and guiding mm-hmm. them. Because... Right. That happens way too often where people are just pushed to the point of exhaustion. Right. And it's just ridiculous. Right. But I think we, we agree on that. It just was a long way to way of getting there. Right. Well, I think it's it I honestly it's the it's the entire theme of this movie, right? It it, it is the theme of the like what what how far how far is one willing to go to to achieve greatness? And what at what cost? That's, right, that's the whole theme, right? But the okay, kind of getting to the end. Yep. We we get to the point where he, you know, decides to perform again yep. with Fletcher, and you know, Fletcher pulls that move on him where he didn't <laughs> gives him the gives him these three songs, opens up with a song that he didn't prep him for. Yes, that was oh so rude. But it was such a with as. As the like it being the movie, that part was so awesome. Not like awesome. I don't want you to conflate awesome with you know good. Mm-hmm. It's just like that moment in that movie is such a like heart dropper. Like not like a, not like a it kind of takes a little bit of the breath out of you. Like yes. oh shit, and that's what makes it awesome. The, well, the and movie, you, didn't, you didn't see it coming. Right, right. You were like you're, you're, oh. like he this character that for no gave you no reason to ever let your guard down. Got you to let your guard down a little bit. <laughs> um, no, but I was going to say is, what does he say? It was funny. He, well, it was mean, but funny where he like walks up to him and he's like, did he say like, I know it was you, but mm-hmm. he said like, did he say like, I know it was you f- fucker? Yes. Yeah, well, something. Yeah. Yeah. Some <laughs> I can remember, but I remember being like, oh shit. But what I was going to say earlier is like. You know how you said you're like, at what point and at what cost? Mm -hmm. The thing that kind of made me mad is like, it worked. Like, he was really good at the end. Right. 
So then that kind of reinforces the narrative of people who think it's okay to do that. Right, but there is a line when they're having the conversation in the jazz club where he's like, maybe that greatness would have come out anyway. Oh, period. Right. <laughs> um, sorry, do you know what I mean when I say that? That's a very Gen Z thing to say, but... Are you like, is it, it, is it like, is it kind of like a true, like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? It it has multiple definitions, but it basically means like, oh, for sure. But I've okay. just, it's been so ingrained in my vocabulary lately, I'll, but. I get the gist of what you mean. It means it. like, yes, right. like, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's placing emphasis. Right. But anyways, that, what did you just say? Now I'm blanking. <laughs> um, just about him. Uh. The comment he made in the in the jazz club where he's like, maybe he would have been great without that, all that shit. Which is what I was saying earlier. Right. Like, that's the whole point. It's... Right. And that's... Don't... And and that, uh, as we get to the end, that's what kind of makes this, uh, like, I think some might, some might see the ending as a feel-good ending, but I don't think it is. Mm. Um, so Tell me more about what, that. Well... We're just about to the end, so let's let's uh, just kind of walk through these last couple steps. So they do that song, and he, the whole reason he does that is because everyone now out in the audience now knows that he's he doesn't know what the f he's doing, right? So it's kind of it's there to sabotage him and his future, right? As a jazz drummer, so he storms off stage. He meets his dad. His dad's like, "Oh, geez, let's just call Come it. On, like man. you got to call it." But then that kind of ignition happens where he's like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to take control of the situation. Mm-hmm. So he comes out, starts playing the song. You know, they're like, what the F? Well, he's about to, he's like, okay, we're going to slow it down for this. And then he starts, he comes in, starts playing, <laughs> uh, I don't remember what it's called. It says. Um, Caravan. Yeah, Caravan. Cueing the band himself. Yeah, he talks to the bassist. He goes, I'll cue you in Caravan. Like, basically get ready. And they start playing and they they go through, they play this thing. He has no, the uh, Fletcher has no choice but to go with it. So here he's kind of sticking it to Fletcher. And they get to the end of the song, or they get to the end of the song, and he just goes off on this drum solo where he keeps going. And then they're like, what the F? And then as he's going through this thing, Fletcher realizes, like, oh shit, he's doing it. Like, he's really doing it. Like, it's at this moment where the feel good ending goes away for me. Because in Fletcher's, in my opinion, Fletcher at this point feels validated. All that shit that he did that he pushed yeah. Andrew through, right? Yeah. It is now like he's being validated. That was me on the chair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because now like he sees like, oh yes, everything I did to this kid to fuck with them is paying off and he is he's great he's proving his greatness yes. right now. He's showing it to us. So then he starts eating into it. He's like, hell yeah. And then you know, the <gasps> big crescendo and then it ends, right? And he, he kind of smiles, doesn't he? He's like, right, yeah. cause, right, because, right. Like, and, again, he feels like what he did was a success. So that is, that is like, counterintuitive because Andrew was trying to, like, stick it to him, and then Fletcher was like, Wah. Right, kind of, there's there's no winning in that situation because if he messes up, Fletcher's right. If he does amazing, Fletcher's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so then it's it's one of those things, too, like, it's... I did look up some stuff about our. I look. I read this thing, and it's. It. I had read it before, before we watched it. I read it a while back, so I knew to look for it again because I was curious what it said. And it was talking to the the writer about 
the ending. Like different interpretations. Where like where he where he sees it going, okay. where he would see it going in the end. And a part of the response was jokes, like was, you know, kind of joking about <laughs> it. But one of the thing the first thing he said I don't think was a joke. It was that he would see he'd see him, you know, he succeeded in that moment. He becomes a professional, but then goes down the same road everybody else. Because at that point, he's been, you know, he's alienated all the people around him. He's, like, mentally just destroyed from the crap that Fletcher yeah. put him through. And that he would have ended up, you know, you know, a professional drummer OD'd at 30-whatever, like, the stories, uh... basically. And, and obviously, Fle- uh, Fletcher doesn't learn anything. He doesn't because he thinks like again he's been validated. It works. That's how it works. He does like he. Excuse me. He carries on doing the same kind of thing. Yeah, and that that just pisses me off because I hate when bad people get away with things. Right, but it does make for excellent viewing. Even when for it, you, I like a happy. Well, ending. happy endings are good. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you can't have every ending be a feel-good ending. Otherwise, they wouldn't, they'd lose their oomph. I mean, maybe for you. <laughs> I, I think in general, like, that's good to have that option. But for me personally, when I watch a movie, I want to leave feeling happy. Like, life is already, society is already sad enough with real circumstances like that. I want to walk away from a movie feeling happy, content. To bring up La La Land again, have you seen that? Mm-mm, but I, <gasps> I know of it, but I haven't seen it. Right. We should watch it then. We, we should could, watch we it for the it list. On. But mm-hmm. um, I have seen it, and to put it in a way that's not a spoiler, yeah. the end. Well, I don't want to. In case well, right, we watch right. It, but, but yeah, don't worry about it too much. The ending, the way that it ends, it's not like the classic cookie cutter ending that you would expect, given how the plot goes. Mm-hmm. And I remember being done with it and i said to my friend i said this why is this your favorite movie like the ending's not even good like it's not you don't you know you don't leave like satisfied and she was like but it's realistic mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i don't need realistic i want a good movie or a movie that's going to make me feel content and happy and that there may be potentially good things but then i know there's tons of people who watch movies that have these perfect happy endings and they're like that's not realistic mm-hmm. So to each their own. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely like to lean more towards plausible. It doesn't realistic is like. I think realistic and plausible aren't necessarily the same thing, in, at least in my mind when it comes to movies. Like, I think the problem, the problem, a problem that happens in my mind with like the feel good endings are, um. Nothing leading up to the last, you know, 15 minutes really indicates that any, like, because there's, like, there's rom-coms where the people are shitty people, and then they get their happy ending. That doesn't really make sense. Like, what's an example Um, of a rom-com that you're thinking of? Ten things I hate about you. <laughs> Uh no, they're not bad people. I just don't. It's hard to it's it's hard to think of a specific one, but I could think of an alternate one uh, that is the flip side of this coin. Um, I I I might be getting the title wrong, but I don't think I am. The breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Never saw it. That whole movie is about two uh, two people. I, I 
and I could be saying this incorrectly, but it's two people, they break up, but they own a condo together. So the whole movie is kind of about them gaining, basically each one, each one of them wants the condo, but nobody wants to, you know, give it to the other one sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And kind of, it, it flirts with the idea of them like in their, in this whole like process, they come to like, you think it's going to be one of those movies where they come back together, realize they should have never split up, and we have blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> but no, it ends with them staying split. I don't remember. One of them leaves. One of them gets the condo. However, it works. They pass each other in the street like a year down the road, and it's just like, oh hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you? Everything? Oh good, great. And then they walk away, and then that's the end of the movie. It's not like a. It's not that's like, like um something borrowed. Have you seen that movie? I might have, but it's not ringing. It's any like bells. the two the two best friends like end up. There's the one girl had a crush on this guy, and then the best friend ends up almost marrying him. But then the other girl who originally liked him ends up getting him in the end. Mm. And the best friends don't end up being best friends anymore. They're like not talking to each other, and that's kind of a scenario where like it was kind of a happy ending because she got the guy, but she lost her best friend, so it wasn't like a complete happy ending. Mm. And that I could handle. Yeah, see, those are like I think. I think the problem is it's just there's certain endings in certain movies that are just there's no way that it would ever end that way. Like, like I know, like you, like the way you're saying it, you want to believe that, like that everything everything can be okay no matter the situation. But there's certain movies that pre- present situations where it is just impossible. Yes. That would not happen. But this is not one of those movies. Right. This isn't right. <laughs> Right. But yes, I agree. You're you have a good point. And honestly, like I think obviously the writer did say that about this one, but it could happen that he, you know, he's the exception. Like it's yeah. not that's not outside of the realm of possibility. It just leaves it open, right? Yeah. Fair. Um we're kind of running a lot over time here. So Yeah, that's all right. Let's jump into favorite quotes if you have one. I have one. Okay. Um so, <laughs> um, the one, the one brother, or sorry, the one cousin who played football, mm-hmm. um, when they're at the dinner scene and he says, you think Carlton football is a joke? Come play with us. And Andrew says four words you will never hear from the NFL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. Cause it was such a burn after he had told him like it's division three ball like no one cares and he's like oh you think it's a joke like come play with us he's like four words you will never hear from the nfl the delivery was just Mm -hmm. chef's kiss it was wonderful i loved miles teller's acting in that scene i've seen him in um miles teller i've seen him in divergent and the spectacular now and he just always has that like same like tone of voice. I just I don't know I, if that's making sense. It gave me like a sense memory of like seeing another movie mm. where I was like, oh my god, like that's just that's just Miles Teller. He's just so good at acting. Um, I haven't seen that new movie with Top Gun or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty Gun good. Maverick that it's he's good in, one. but that was mine. Did you have one? I didn't have anything that stuck out that was appropriate. Plenty of the insults from Fletcher had me kind of... Why don't you give one? 
Because uh, I can't literally remember any. So it's just like, and to be clear, it's not like, um, like the number of kind things he said was next to zero. So I, it's just to be clear, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with the way that he said these things, but yeah. just all the different little, the different little insults and and jabs that he would make at people while he's telling them what to do. Like uh, I'll, I'm looking on the quotes thing right now. There's plenty of, there's plenty on here. Um, there was one he said to the to Carl, the drummer, where he's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Don't come in slowly." Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, I saw it was on here a second ago. I, I it's uh, uh, it's not your it, it's not your boyfriend's dick, so don't uh, don't come early or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those those little those little jabs, they're so that, they're funny. That one, it's it it's again disclaimer. We don't condone it. It's horrible, right. as we spent this whole episode mm-hmm. talking about. But it's just such a curveball that it's funny. Uh, like, this is not your boyfriend's what, dick. Do not come early. What? What does that even mean? Like, I mean, I know what it means, right. but like, it just is so random, mm-hmm. and that it's just it makes you laugh because it's so ridiculous. Like, right. could you imagine a teacher saying that to you? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. But okay, that that I think that works as right. a funny one. Um. That, and also, that one's not. I mean, it's, it's not too offensive, other than the fact that it's kind of homophobic, right, obviously. Right, right. But it's like if it's not supposed to be kind. It's supposed no, to be. No, but horrible. I'm just saying, right. like in comparison to some other things yeah, he yep. said, that one's not as bad. Mm-hmm. But most of them were like gay. Oh, this this, this one's good too. Uh, oh my dear God, are you one of those single tier people? Do I look like a double fucking rainbow to you? Oh yeah, that one's not that bad <laughs> yeah. either. It's I mean it's right. mean, but it's right. not as like offensive. Um, okay, so and then we got spin off or kill off. Yeah, I mean <laughs> this one's hard just because there weren't that many characters. Yeah, and and the I think the the things that were there all the, like were. I think they could like they could have done them differently. They didn't need to do them differently. I think everything was pretty effective in getting across what it was meaning to get across. Like um like the girlfriend stuff. Like I will say just cuz I like Melissa Benoist, mm-hmm. if I had to pick a spin-off, I would have picked her just cuz I like her as an actress and I mm-hmm. would have wanted to... She didn't really get a lot of depth. So like it would have been nice to maybe see like something that she's pursuing a passion or something, even though she kind of was like irrelevant at the end. But well, I mean, that, that was kind of the thing, too. She didn't really know. She was kind of going with the flow. Right. Like she didn't have a direction, a goal. Right. So that would have kind of been maybe nice to see. Um, I don't think there's really any characters that you can kill off without it being. Yeah, I think. I think, uh, I think an inch, like if you, if we had, like, again, that's kind of the point of this exercise, right? Is that you have to pick one. I think a spinoff, um, a spinoff about, uh, what was his name again? Was it Sean? Oh my God. About yeah. his experience. Yes. And not necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily need to have it be his whole experience with Fletcher. You could take the tail end of his experience with Fletcher and then more focus on the professional life and how 
the fallout from Fletcher affected his professional life. Every and then everybody knows where that movie ends, so it's not a feel good movie at all. There's you no always way. have the better answers. There's no such thing as better answers. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. But you have more ones that you put more thought into. <laughs> I didn't really put that much into it. It's just one of those things. Like you can, I think as you, you'll know. You'll, He's humble, you'll, guys. He's you, humble. You'll, yeah. <laughs> you'll feel it too when you start to see more and more and more and more and more of these movies. You'll be able to kind of connect. You'll be able to kind of, you know, think of movies that have similar vibes that you could transition, you know, themes on top of. That would be kind of one of those things. Yeah. I will say, okay, so I agree with the spinoff thing. I think if I had to kill off one character, it would be the uncle. Just because I didn't like his attitude. And he felt like, I get the point of like, oh, his family doesn't, you know, support he doesn't have him that or support, whatever. Right? But I, did, I, don't, I don't know, like, we didn't need all three. Three, well, four, counting the the aunt, but we didn't need all of them. Right. If I had to pick, I'm just saying, like right. I would kill him because I just felt like I. Yep. You could have gotten it across, like it could have just been a conversation between cousins of like, oh, well, I'm doing this, and then like the the cousins just cut Andrew off, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't care, we're doing this. Like right. it could have gotten the same, you know, effect. Like I don't know. <laughs> It didn't like yeah, feel that, that important. Yeah, it, it kind of was a it it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessarily a too many cooks, but it was kind of a too many cooks in the kitchen sort of thing. Didn't need to be that way, but it being that way didn't really diminish anything. Again, this is kind of with this exercise, we're forcing ourselves to pick something, right? Right, right. right. Yeah. So before we move on to spinning a wheel for next week, mm-hmm. overall. Yay, nay. That was good. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Did it sneak into your top ten favorite movies? Uh, I don't think so. Um, Like, I think endings, whether they're feel good or not, I think, uh, I think, I, I venture, I like to lean more towards episodes, or episodes, movies with kind of a, finality to their endings and when it's something open-ended i like it needs to be for me something a little bit more abstract open end or a little bit more interesting in terms of the open-ended nature of it so this we don't really know what happens after this like we can assume he gets a professional spot and then after that like whether it's successful or not like in terms of an entertaining movie or thought it's not really that uh entertaining you know it's just kind of like okay that's just kind of how the life continues like uh to counter it with something completely different i don't know if you've seen it inception oh yes the ending of that is pretty open-ended what's the is that the one with the chip stuff spinning the, the top that he spins right it spins and the idea is if it stops spinning he's in reality if it doesn't stop spinning he's in a dream but the Oh, I thought it was if he's... I watched this movie when I was so young. Yep. I thought it was when it stops spinning, he's dead. No, 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 no. So oh. if... So, <laughs> I need so to rewatch the, it. Yeah, the whole point is he has this top, and when he spins it, if it spins forever, he knows he's in dreamland, and, like, the balance and the weight and everything about it, only he knows about. 
So then if it spins forever, if he when he's he knows he's in a dream. If he spins it and it like wobbles and, and stops, he knows he's in reality. And at the end, he spins the top and then goes to talk with his kids. The camera zooms in on this top and then cuts to credits before you can see whether or not it's going to stop or continue. So it, Are you sure it doesn't I, stop? I'm 100% sure. I'm a million percent sure. I'm going to Google it, but you keep talking. So so that's the whole thing is you're supposed to kind of, is he is he forever stuck in his own, you know, in his own mind, in his own trap? Um, or did he make it out and get back to his kids and was able to, you know, kind of live that happily ever after with his kids? You don't get that final answer because you never know if the top, if his anchor or whatever they call it you know topples over so mm-hmm. like that kind of open-ended where it's a little that's a little more interesting because the stakes are much higher granted obviously life and death is a lot less ordinary right because you know it's a science fiction over this like thing based in reality yeah oh shit you were right but it kind of wobbles well right so it, it's, it's imp- not it's not perfect but I, I don't think it's ever meant to be absolutely perfect okay I think the whole idea is just the perpetual nature of the spin is it cuts off before you can tell. Yeah. Ah, tea. Mm-hmm. I should rewatch that one. I just remember with that one, like, don't they go like a dream inside of a dream yep. inside of a dream? Yep. And like, I remember one, he's like in a van with a bunch of people and then another yep. one, he's in a plane and another one, he's. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's van, then it's hotel and then it's uh mountainside. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm sure uh, one of those like Christopher Nolan movies will come onto the list at some point. That the director. Yep. Yep. Okay. So like uh, Inception, <laughs> um, Interstellar. He did the Dark oh my God. movies. So I have a friend. It's like my friend's boyfriend who is also a fellow lover of movies, who will probably end up listening to our podcast. So shout out him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I had told my friend that I was going to watch Whiplash this week. And she was like, oh, my God, that's one of his favorite movies. Or, or he really likes yeah, it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's his favorite, but one of his favorite. But you know what is his favorite is Interstellar. Interstellar. It's a good and one. And he was like, like you it. should watch it. So maybe I'll put it on there because I haven't seen it. Um, but why don't we yeah, get yeah. into spinning? And just as a quick review for everybody listening, okay. what we have on here. So we're back to... If you recall, everybody, we were doing, if whoever's pick got picked, then the other person got to put on a movie onto the wheel. So you would have an advantage of getting picked. Um, So we're back to equal picks. So I have on the board Spider-Man, the 2002 one, Dirty Dancing, and the new edition... For me, because now we have Whiplash is gone, is... Are you ready? <laughs> we need a drum roll effect. Yeah. Million Dollar Baby. Okay, yeah, boxing. Boxing movie. Hell yeah, we're on the boxing kick. Yep. Um, Have you seen it? Uh, No, but I do know of it. I, okay. I know what it's about. Perfect. They, 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 parody, <laughs> they actually parody it in, uh, in one of the scary movies. No. Briefly, very briefly, very, okay. very briefly. Anyway... And Colton's picks are Slumdog Millionaire, Spirited Away, and John Carter. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm really hoping for Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> Just because I... I think if it, if it gets picked, I think I'm going to bring another boxing movie to put okay. on it. Just to... Keep the sports theme? Keep, keep, well, keep the... Bo- <laughs> I, I might as well keep the boxing theme until there aren't any other boxing movies I'm interested in or liked. The list is pretty short. Oh, okay. So... Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it's not like it would be a perpetual thing. It would be another, I would be able to contribute another movie or two. Okay. So. All right. So we're going to spin here. John Carter it is. So another one of Colton's picks. Um, what is this one about again? Um, so it's about, um, I, I, I might have the wrong war, but I think it's a, he's like a civil war soldier or something like, you know, back in that kind of time, um, that gets, uh, beamed up to Mars. And when he gets there, he, uh, kind of has like when he, uh, being from earth, when he's on Mars, he has like superpowers and there's this alien civilization up there. That's kind of in the middle of a war. And he's kind of like the savior sort of deal. Okay. Yep. All right. So we'll see you guys next week for John Carter.